0: Welcome to Dog Training Disrupted by Upward Dogology, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. As many of you know, I have had the most amazing guests on my podcast. I'm so grateful, and I can't even begin to imagine having everyone that is deserved of recognition as a guest. There's just so many people that do great things. There is something about Michael Overly. Because he provides men with coaching and guidance to live harmoniously and with purpose with their dogs. Michael is a dog fanatic, energy expander, and facilitator of the presence and awareness dogs bring to our lives. He is a canine-partnered energy coach, author, speaker, and all-around beautiful person who believes in and actively inspires the human-canine bond. I'm Billy Grimm, your host and successful dogologist for three decades and successful canine cognitive behavioral therapist. And I'm so excited to have Michael with us today because he's just got great perspective and outlook and so much interesting information to, it's not even information, it's just such, such a great look and outlook. And so and a great look. You have a great look too, Michael. We like your look. <laughs> so you. welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. I love your show.
0: Thanks so much. That means a lot to me. Thanks so much. So I'm just going to start by just just tell us what your overall perception is and what you've what you know how dogs have shaped your life and and what you're all about.
1: Mm oh my God, we need like seven or eight hours maybe. I know, <laughs> um, so,
0: I, I, know. I, th- I, I threw you under the bus on that question. Holy didn't I, hell,
1: so thanks a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a great question. So I've always had annals in my life, not, not every day of my life, but most of my uh, life, even from the time I was a kid. And there was always this special connection, you know, people call, you know, about the human animal bond, but for me, it was something deeper. There was um, energetic and even spiritual in nature, but I didn't realize that till later. Um, and after the death of my brother, about four and a half years ago, I I had this amazing experience and i through my grief. I just like cracked open and started to, to notice different things and realize different things. And I've been on this journey now to, to help others with the same thing because i i was i had anger issues i had insecurities um bad relationships all these things and i realized looking back all these these messages my dogs have been giving me along the way some i listened to some i didn't and they were just trying to help me and so i i know a lot of us want that we think that there are certain behaviors that our dogs display that maybe we can help in a certain way, but if if we can't get in the right place, then we have a hard time actually helping the animal. Right. So I started to think is, am I actually here to help the dog? Is the dog here to help me? And so working in concert and partnership with animals. Now I help other men do the same thing and then just create this completely different and exceptional life for themselves.
0: I love this. And, and, you know, as you're speaking, my a uh, blind old uh, street dog from Costa Rica came up and, and, you know, she just, she has that intuition and, and I'm patting her. So you're probably hearing the tap tap people listeners, but I'm, I'm not going to take that out of this recording because the dog tap tap is what it's all about. They tend to come up when we need them and be there when we need them. and And you're right. Sometimes we don't recognize that, or we get frustrated or when really we we can just step back, and I think it's so interesting um, that you're really honing in on on men because mm. there is a, a episode earlier where uh, I talk about how women blame themselves when the dog isn't part of the family, or they're struggling, or they're feeling challenged, and women take on that responsibility, and and probably I don't know. 80% of my clients are just the women and then maybe not that high. A lot of them are the family or, or couples, but the instigator and, and the one really doing the work is the woman. And yet dogs give so much to everybody in the family differently. And so wow. I, I really like what you're saying about, you know, there, there is a difference between men and women and, and individual people on how we, learn from dogs and take to dogs. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about how you feel a man's relationship with a dog and, and how they can learn or?
1: Yes. This is one of my that, favorite things.
0: Yeah. I couldn't have prompted you it. any
1: better. Let me hold up this flashcard. <laughs> Which
0: we didn't by the way. We oh really my God. didn't. We didn't at all. It's so funny. Yeah, I'm just, oh, I just, I just get this feeling. So Go for it.
1: So dogs and men, that's actually the name of my business, dogs and men. Cool. The okay. dogs have an end. They have this. They're they already they're inside, right? They've they've slipped through that chink in the armor into a guy's heart. So, guys, you mentioned earlier, women and men very different. We're raised differently. Our 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 train of thoughts are differently. You know, whether it's our father, mother, teacher, preacher, the expectations for men are different than women, good or bad. It's just the way it is. So we can't. We come from these different places. And we we expect ourselves to know it all. And when someone tells us differently, we get upset. We have a hard time asking for help, having a hard time asking for advice. And the famous one, directions, right? <laughs> we'll drive in circles. Oh, I got this. So the dogs have this special place already. So you have, you know, let's let's picture Mr. You know, construction worker guy, tough guy, you know, very, very strong, can bench press a Buick, whatever you know, works hard all day, he comes home and, you know, he's tough around his buddies and his boss and he gets home and he's, and he's got his cute little book, you know, he can just open himself up to this beautiful dog who doesn't care if he's walking around his tidy whities or what kind of truck he drives, or if he's even owning his own home, they don't care about that. And we have this, this acceptance, you know, people understand the unconditional love part of it, but I think it goes way deeper than that. We're just immediately accepted there's no expectation. There's no judging. There's nothing. So these animals have, they already have that in. And that's where mm-hmm. I love to start.
0: Mm-hmm. And I do, you know, as, you're right. Men and women are very different, but there's such a huge crossover too, because as I'm hearing you, I'm also thinking about some of my clients who are men who are just, <laughs> they're just right in public, all whooshy-gooshy with their dog. And, and they, they love they seem to really love the way I work with dogs and work with people, cognitive behavioral therapy, because it's not all wooshy-gooshy, but it can be if you want it to be. It's not rule-oriented. It's not So it's sort of how you just happen to be, and you incorporate it in, and you feed off of the dog. Mm-hmm. And I just find, yeah, you're right. It It's how people relate and see their dog. Getting back to, uh, I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your brother things like that can change how we view how we view dogs and our relationship with people around us and and dogs around us and that 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 can have a tremendous effect on how we treat other people and how we treat our dogs Mm -hmm. and I don't know where I'm going with this but I'm really that's okay let's keep rolling it's just reminding me so much I'm thinking of some clients and I'm thinking about um, even the, the guy that walks down the street that I see all the time. And he's this huge guy and he's always wearing tough clothes and he's just got that tough walk and he's huge and he's walking this little tiny white fluffy thing. And he's walking it like it's this, you know, kick-ass, mean dog, and he's still got his don't-fuck-with-me walk going on, you know, right. he's walking this <laughs> tiny white dog, and, you know, he's just the nicest guy to this dog, and the dog even kind of has the same walk, even though it's probably, like, nine pounds. It walks along, with it's like... Oh, yeah, you're not time.
1: messing with me. Gonna,
0: yeah, you're not know, mess with me, don't mess with my dad. and they got their whole shtick going on, eh? It's so great, and you yep. know that they just have this great bond and just love each other.
1: Yeah. And I love that. You know, there's, there's guys out there who they want the Rottweilers and the German Shepherds and, you know, they <laughs> yeah. want these big tough dogs and there's something in that for them. Like, why do they need that? What, you know, yeah. what, like the what's going on for them and, that they got to yeah. have the tough dog. And I yeah, know this yeah. one because I've actually been there. Huh. Uh-huh. So my, my new dog now she is, uh, she's, I think she's smarter than I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, And probably. There's, there's
1: some, some huge challenges for me with that. Right. <laughs> what is it? Um, I think Cesar Milan says, you you don't always get the dog you want, but you get the dog you need. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, yeah. but I love that. So anybody can get something from this man, woman, whatever. There's a reason that that animal's with you. And there's certain reason why certain behaviors and what is, what do you need to work on? Yeah. So, yes. yeah.
0: Yeah. You do get the dog you need and, and people often choose based on breed or on look, or they've had another dog that looks similar to that, that, that uh, so then they want another one and often that that you know that dog was that dog and that dog had that special Mm -hmm. place and that moment and just like people you need to take each individual person for who they are and what they can offer you in a different time in your life and maybe a different place a different place that you live um you know how how that place can be maybe not suited to you at one time in your life but another time it is and what what you're getting out of that so I, I do believe that that dogs find their own person and their own home and their own place that they want to be, um, and that's that's such a wonderful, wonderful way to look at it. And uh, congratulations on your new dog! Actually, we just spoke briefly before yeah. starting to record that you did the the foster fail in one night. That's got to be. Close to a record. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just I, knew, you just knew, or or your dog knew. Indy, she right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It didn't hurt. It's Indigo. Everybody calls her indigo though. So okay, okay. Uh, indigo. whatever. That's fine. um I had been keeping my eye on her. I actually knew. Oh, okay. I know the woman who ran the shelter. Okay. Um, but not from the shelter. And um, every once in a while I'd pop on her and I just see this incredible, and I just saw her power, and I'm like, <gasps> you know, it was breathtaking. And so um, so it was more
0: my, her aura and overall being.
1: Yes. Oh, energetically. She, she was calling smart. to me. Absolutely. So yeah, actually my, she, my partner, my partner, Dana said, um, you know, cause my other dog passed away earlier this year and I, I wanted, I wanted appropriate grieve time. And until I don't, I didn't want to try to replace him. I wanted to go through all of that and be with that and be okay with, okay, I'm ready to bring another dog into my life. I want, I want, I want some. Some other beautiful yeah. being to share space with. Yeah. Um, anyway, Dana says, um, "Hey, let's, let's you know, let's, let's call Ashley and see if we can go look at some dogs over there." Well, you know that was basically it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, you know that that's that's going to be that. What are you going to do? No, no, none of these dogs. No, I think it, I think no. that's a really great way of doing it. Now, you have a book. Mm. Tell us about your book.
1: Oh, the book is cool. And it's great for most guys because it's short. (laughs)
0: Okay, good. That's awesome. Yeah. Get to the point, right? Yeah.
1: Exactly. Oh, exactly. And I I actually stole somebody else's writing style. There's this really famous uh personal coach. His name is Steve Chandler. And he has this great style. He'll have a uh an entire chapter that's maybe a paragraph. Yeah, yeah. And it's just to get the point across. It's just like, here's what I want you to know. And then you move on. Um so, I wrote the whole thing in his style. Anyway, it's called Let Your Dog Lead. Let Your Dog Lead. And it's for, it's kind of an invitation for guys to go, huh, and look at their dog and say, Are you doing, you know, are really are you trying to get this? So, yeah. if they can op- just open a tiny bit, right? If you can open up one little bit, maybe make a small shift in something, you might just be like, Wow, I didn't know. I had no idea. I didn't realize. So, it's an invitation to, Help guys create an exceptional life for themselves by utilizing the power plant of the spiritual energy of the dog they already have.
0: That is so great, and you're right. You know, my book is it's sort of long in general, and if people people are, I want to read this, and I want this piece of information, and I want it now. It's really not like that. It's an overall. I call it almost a journey. Like as you're Mm -hmm. reading through it, it's a change in mindset. And some people don't resonate to that. You know, they don't want to enjoy a, a learning journey. They just yeah. they just want to have that change in mindset so fast. And when I'm working with my clients, I can see that in some people. They just, you know, just Billy, really just tell me what to do. But right. that overall mindset has to come from within first. You know, it's not just about do this, do this, do this, do this. When your dog does this, do this, when your dog does this, do it's not that structure. Now, puppy. Puppies can be because you're teaching right from wrong, but you know, you're getting in a dog like Indigo or older, you need to take that time to, you know, learn what they're telling you and what they have and find it interesting, find it bonding and create that and learn how that works. And I could see that being a challenge in writing a book for, for guys, because They don't often want to take that journey. They just want to get to the end. And women too. Now there's some women, you know, clients I have that it's kind of a mindset more than anything. And I'm not even sure if it's male, females, just, I think maybe the stage that, as I was talking about before that people are at, but all of a sudden that light bulb goes on and when it does, and they kind of get it and they see it, it's, it's everything changes. And that's when they'll say to me okay, I saw it, I saw, you know, I have this different bond and this different connection with my dog. And then they start taking it away and it, and it flies. It's such a beautiful thing to see. So to write a book where it does get to the point more, which clearly I'm not a get to the point person, but I, 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 I I am, I can be, especially working one-on-one with people. But I think a book that does that for men is so great because it allows them to get, Go from the beginning to the end, and then sit back and absorb it on their own time.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah, amazing. So there, the, the experience there, was hard for me too. Um,
0: yeah, I could see that because yeah, I think you and I both have so many experiences and thoughts, and you know, I did that try to get it all into one book. I, I like what what you're saying there with your style of that book.
1: Yeah. Well, the, I actually started writing a different book altogether. And I got <laughs> partly through and I was like, I'm, I'm writing the wrong book. Good for you. So, wow. well, there's a, 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 there's a woman who's a book mentor. She's a book writing coach, does all this stuff. And I've, I've never worked directly with her, but I know her. And so I get her emails and those kinds of things. And every once I'm like, well, there, God, there's something there. I, maybe I need to look at this a little more. And so I qualified what the heck I was doing. I was like, oh, I'm writing the wrong book
0: that's so, fantastic yeah so that's it, fantastic it, it was a relief a and then of, and
1: then freaked me out at the same time I'm like oh shit i gotta start over <laughs>
0: good for you yeah and that's a hard thing to yeah. admit mm-hmm. yeah and it's a hard thing to put aside yeah,
1: yeah. oh yeah no th- this book came out as more of a oh my god and, and i'm really vulnerable i share all kinds of stuff and they're the I wouldn't have in a general conversation out in the general public, if you know what I mean. There's like, yeah. you know, I I made a really a lot of really bad decisions, did stupid shit, you know, alcoholic, yeah. bad divorce, got arrested a couple of times when I was younger, blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, Hey, this, this is putting out there guys. And I'm not any less for it. And I'm glad, you know, maybe you can share something with somebody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's important. That is important. And as you said earlier, dogs don't judge us on that. And nope. that's what makes it so wonderful. Yeah. And I say yes yeah. because I certainly am, yeah, queen of bad decisions. And in defense <laughs> of alcohol, I've made bad decisions when I'm sober, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I still don't do everything right. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm nothing, nobody's perfect. There's no such thing. And that, that's another thing in our society. There's no such thing, folks. Give yourself a break.
0: Yeah.
1: It's okay. Yeah. You're, you're. And you're, guess what? Maybe tomorrow you're going to mess up on something else. It's still yeah. okay right? Yeah. You're still loved. You're still safe.
0: Yeah. And for me, that's just such a wonderful mindset because people do blame themselves quickly, especially Mm -hmm. if they feel like they're letting their family down or their dog down. And it's really, really tough. Yeah. So books like yours and mindset like yours and how can people get your book?
1: Um, it's on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, um, distributors like Ingram and um, I can't remember some of the other big so ones. So it's out
0: there. But... That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Do, it's you, out there. do you have some kind of a website? I don't even know.
1: I do. It's www.dogsandmen, all one word, dogsandmen.com. Awesome. So yeah, I run a coaching business from there. And there's also an online course. Somebody's interested in that. I, you guys can email me. Anybody have any questions? Absolutely.
0: That is really great. Well, I, I love your overall mindset, your approach, and everything that you're doing for people and, and for dogs, of course. <laughs> I love yeah. that. And, and you're doing everything for dogs by helping people. So that's a wonderful way to do it. Yes. Yep. Thanks so much, Michael. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we you know, hurry? But, no,
1: yeah, I love what yeah, you're doing. I mean, and I'm, I'm honored so to be on your show. This is great.
0: Thanks so much. We'll keep in touch.
1: Thank you, Billy. You have a great rest of your weekend.
0: You too, Michael. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, I wish I could hear what you're thinking. You can't say the words, but buddy, I'm listening. Just know that I'll never stay mad. You're still my good boy. A big thanks to Michael, and I hope you enjoyed our chat as much as I did. He is truly an amazing person. As always, I follow the chats with a short piece on a related topic, and the one that sticks in my mind is the word mindset. Now, for those of you who have listened to Season 1 or are my clients, you know how important it is to change one's mindset before we can absorb canine cognitive behavioral therapy. I find my clients quite eager to do this, and as of late, trainers and other industry professionals are changing their mindset toward working with dogs. This is prevalent in thought patterns such as the human animal bond, recognizing the need to provide dogs with options and respect their individual thought patterns and perceptions, working with dogs holistically, harnessing their emotional intelligence. This change in mindset is becoming more common, and it begs the question is the system providing the tools to allow this mindset to unfold and flourish? Recently, I read an Instagram post. Where the dog trainer, with the best of intentions, spoke of the need to provide newly adopted dogs with discipline and boundaries. Her intention was to encourage adopters to not just sit back and wait for dogs to adapt, but to aid in this integration. And I agree with her. That mindset is going in the right direction. And as I talk about in other episodes, the decompression period and the three day, three week, three month philosophy can backfire. In fact, I've heard trainers say to not train in the first few days. There is a difference between standard training techniques, which teach right from wrong, and that of providing calm, clear direction proactively, building a bond and forming a form of communication in the first few days. There are really good dog trainers, certified dog trainers, who want to incorporate these more holistic mindsets and approaches. But because of the inherent goals, principles, and design of conditioning methods, it's challenging to remain under the conditioning umbrella and incorporate these mindsets, or more accurately, incorporate formulas and specific techniques that adhere to these mindsets. The inability to do this often results in incorporating discipline in the forms of positive punishment or positive correction, or more rules or more boundaries or unfortunately, forms of aversive reactive techniques. So the trainer's intention in that Instagram post was to encourage working with dogs during the initial integration. But her reliance on conditioning methods and the mindset that conditioning methods take on, they just don't work together. It's not to say conditioning methods are ineffective or wrong. And there's literally thousands of good trainers, good certified trainers who successfully use conditioning methods. Many of these trainers are interested in learning other non-aversive methods, especially to address behaviors associated with aggression and anxiety in adopted dogs, and to be able to incorporate these new mindsets. To do this, they need to leave the parameter of conditioning methods, and this can be challenging. In other words, they welcome the overall approaches and mindsets of canine cognitive behavioral therapy, yet they struggle to leave what they know, and what they have learned. The first season of this podcast is dedicated to changing that mindset and introducing canine cognitive behavioral therapy. I invite you to listen to these four episodes if you're interested in rescue dogs, dog behavior, and the human-animal bond. I'm excited to let you know the second edition of my book is available. My publisher, Freezen Press, offers it as well as through Amazon, although I'm not sure if at this point they've updated their site, depending on when you're listening to this episode. My book won the American Best Book Fest Award in 2019 for pet's narrative nonfiction and has received positive response from industry experts. This book requires an open mind and is intended to change mindset through a learning journey. Dogs do not think and learn the same as puppies. And I talk about that. Not all rescued dogs are the same. Street dogs perceive our world differently than those who are used for sport or those from the Korean meat market or community dogs. I also talk about how the rescue world and the dog training industries have changed over the last three decades, yet in some cases remain disappointingly stagnant. A large part of the book is dedicated to changing the mindset through what I term approaches. Here's a few examples. Less restraining, more braining. Teach it easy, apply to hard be less controlling, have more control, lose the rules, gain the tools. These memes or sayings are the foundation of canine cognitive behavioral therapy. They essentially engulf the mindset of taking a holistic approach, providing options, reading the dog, learning from the dog, harnessing their emotional intelligence, and most importantly, building a bond and a communication. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Michael and I both invite you to check out our websites and our social media platforms. The links are in the show notes. And of course, please consider our books for your Christmas gifts. For more information on Upward Dogology, my clients and myself, I invite you to check out the many podcasts, TV and radio shows I've had the opportunity to be a guest on. The links are on my website. That's upwarddogology.com. Please follow Upper Dogology on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and on LinkedIn, I'm Billy Groom. A big shout out to the musicians, Brian John Harwood, who is an accomplished musician and a huge animal lover, and to OpenStrum, who regularly donates their music to organizations and people who help animals in need. Enjoy your learning journey.